Today on Just Jana, 100 plus years of insights from the ultimate mom boss. Stay tuned for more. This is the Just Jana podcast, a show for mom bosses who are looking for simple strategies and quality information in the areas of fitness, parenting, health, and life in general. Here's Jana. It's the Just Jana Stories from a Mom Boss podcast. Welcome to this episode. I am so excited to be bringing you probably one of the most special guests I am ever going to have on this podcast. And I really think of her as like the most epic ultimate mom boss of mom bosses. And you might be thinking, who who could Jana possibly have on her show today? And and actually, it is my Baba. My Baba, her name is Nelly. And for those of you that are not Ukrainian, Baba is just the Ukrainian word for grandma. So um, Nelly is my Baba. She turned 101 years old. Um, and I was just, when I thought about who could I bring on the show, just to really help give some perspective to those mom bosses of us in, you know, in 2020, who could give us some perspective and who could give us some insights into some really amazing just lessons learned as, you know, she's been on this earth now for 101 years. So please help me welcome my Baba, Nellie. Baba, welcome to my podcast. Hello. Thank you. So Baba, remember, I just said you and I, this is just like a basic conversation. So one of the things I really want to know, and I want our listeners to know is, when you think of, you know, being born in 1919, and then, you know, growing up through the 1920s, you know, getting married, the dirty 30s, all the different economic challenges that went on. And I mean, you were you know, your family were were immigrants. And so you were really starting with nothing. I would love to know from you if you could maybe share some stories with us on when you look back over your life, how how have you seen the role of women evolve and change into, you know, the amazing things that we see women doing today? It is amazing the progress that has been made. But just through hard work and perseverance, we are here today to enjoy some of those modern technologies and easier living. Because way back, it was a matter of survival. When you were growing up, I know you've, you've told me stories before about when you were in school. It was hard. We had to walk to school in very cold weather in the winter. My dad would take um, uh, us and neighbor kids with the sleigh and horses to school. It was three miles. The snow was deep. It was bitterly cold. It it was unbearable for children to be walking to. It was a one-room school that there were 70 students. Half of them went from 9 to 12, and the other half went from 1 to 4 because that's the only way they could accommodate all those kids. And did you did you enjoy school? I did when it was summer, and we walked barefoot not to get our shoes wet with the dew, put them on just before entering the classroom. 
winters weren't weren't so wonderful to get to school, but the school itself was interesting. And tell me a little bit about your teacher. Did you have a female teacher or a male teacher? We had a female teacher first, and later on, when I was in higher grades, it was a male teacher. But he was um, all right. He treated the girls as well as the boys, and it was different then, you know. It was, um, you had to fit in. It was just so many children to the one-room school that you had to be on your best behavior. Of course. And so what, um, tell us about what grade you went up to in, in your kind of, in your formal education? Well, you had to be either 15 years old or grade eight before your parents could take you out of school to be with the younger kids while they both went to work. So it became so bad that the parents were taking their kids out of school. They weren't even getting a grade eight education. So it became compulsory or a jail term if you took your child out of school before they were grade eight or 15 years old. Okay. And I remember you one time telling me a story about your Baba and how you needed money for books and she was afraid that if she paid for your books that she would that she would go to jail is that how it went do you remember that story you told me one time she would lose her pension she said it was already the old age pension that started it wasn't very much but in those days it meant a lot and i passed to grade 9 and and i was good in school except the math i didn't really didn't do well in but all the other subjects i was good so the teacher came to my dad and he said i'll give her some of the school books if you can just buy her these other ones she has potential she'll get, she's a good student so she can she passed to grade 9 so I went to Baba's to ask her to, if she would give me money for books. And she said, oh, no, they would cut my pension. Like, how would they have known? There were no telephones. So how did that make you feel when you realized that, you know, teachers told you you had potential and they were willing to, you know, cover some of the costs for you and that, that you weren't able to go on to grade nine? How did you feel? I felt very bad because I really wanted to go to school. I didn't see a future at all. I was 14 years old, and uh, what else would I do? Where would I go? And yet, that's what I had to do. I had to quit. So what did you do? I went to the, um, I went to the farmer, neighbor farmer to work, to take care of the children, weed the garden, clean the and house and all, all kinds of jobs that were available. And when it came to when they put me to take away the straw where then they were threshing, this was before the straw blower was machine was invented. It had carriers carrying the straw on a pile. Somebody had to be there with the pick for taking it away or it would wound wind around the the thing. So they put me there to take that straw away, and it was so dusty, and 
And it was a five-time fork with a long handle. Here was me on top of that straw pile. And my dad came along, and he's motioning his this finger for me to come down. And I shook my head, no, because I said, it's not a month, she won't pay me. But he made the threshermen stop the threshing machine. He, I come off that straw pile, and he took me home. So um, just for our listeners, you need to understand that my Baba is probably at her prime was probably like four foot nine. I mean, there's a little bit of osteoporosis, right? She is not a big woman at all. And so you were given a very manually, like a very challenging job to do. And Oh, yes, I was. And you did it. And I did, and I was taking it away. It wasn't rounding around. It was do or die. I kept thinking, and that pitchfork itself was hard to handle, but I managed to. My dad, my dad saw that, and he couldn't bear it. He just he took me home. So, Baba, as you just think now about, you know, when you got a little older and you got married and it was time to start a family of your own. What was, I guess, what was most exciting to you about about starting a family and having your own, um, you know, your own farm, your own farmyard and your own land? Was that exciting? Was that scary? I mean, you were getting into the, the 1930s at this point, right? It was very interesting because my husband, your your grandfather, your Dido, was also a very young person. He was 20, and I was just over 16. Started this living with the in-laws for a while, but doing all kinds of mixed farming. And it was interesting to be on your own place and kind of more or less your own boss and growing a garden and raising chicks chickens and a couple of wingling pigs to have for meat. It was good to be self-sufficient as far as producing your own food on the farm. Right. Lots of hard work though, right? It was very hard work. We picked stones in the cultivated field and we picked roots and we it, it it was, but it was a way of life, and and we did it because that's all there was. What about your own self care? Like, what did you do to, um, you know, recharge your batteries? Or, I mean, those were very stressful economic conditions. What did you do? Like, was it just a mindset, or was it, you know, the the weekly Sunday visits to church that kind of kept your spirit going? Did you ever feel like, how can we keep going with this? Like, what was it that kept you pushing forward? It was faith. It was faith in God that tomorrow would be better. That's what they always told us. If it was a failure, next year will be better. It was a faith that people had and believed in that made them stay and persevere and do the best they can with what they have. People were more friendly in, in those days because I think because they were all in the same boat. We helped each other. We bartered, we shared, we borrowed and paid back and, and just got along. There were none of these 
discussions that couldn't end in a good resolution. You just solved your problems and you went along. But it was faith. It was faith in God because that's what they brought from the old country. First thing they asked, is there a school? Is there water nearby in that homestead? And is there a church? When you think about your family with your your brothers and your sisters, and I know, you know, they ended up really spread all, all across Canada, weren't they? Yes, they did. Because it got better, there were jobs. They had no problem with language like the first settlers did because we got to get to school. And English was the universal language, so we learned it. Well, the mother tongue we learned at home because the parents did not know English. They came from the old country. How would they have known the language or understood it? Time for a quick break. Top up your water, run to the bathroom if you need. I want to share a testimonial from mom bosses just like you who took a few minutes to leave us a testimonial. Today we're going to share a testimonial from Ashley. Ashley said, Wowzers, Pilates Bar got me good and sweaty. Now, Ashley's talking about the Meta District online um, workouts that she's doing with me. I really like how after doing so many of these workouts, I find myself thinking 60-40 stance and alignment all the time. Like today at the post office, getting my mail out of my mailbox, I corrected my stance and posture. Thanks so much for this, Jana. Thanks, Ashley, for your comments. Leave a rating and review, and yours might be featured on a future episode. Okay, now back to the show. As you started having your own family, like Uncle Wes and my mom and Auntie Livia, and as you were as you were raising your kids, were there, I guess, what were some of the main differences that you can remember between, you know, how you were raising your kids versus how your parents were raising you? Were there any differences or were there more similarities? Not Well, the only thing was the not having, my parents not having what we already could afford, like good clothes to go to school in and better housing. And times were different. The economy was better. It just was a better time in in the fifties when when my children were born. All three of them in the fifties. So it was except a very severe winter was nineteen fifty five where they had to cut fences to get to the store because you couldn't see where the road was. Even if it was just horses and sleigh, they would you couldn't make it. You just went where you could and to get the bare necessities. Yeah. So now if we were to like fast forward one more generation and you see how mom and dad raised Nathan and Amanda and myself and how, you know, your other grandkids were raised. And now again, how Jason and I are raising the boys. Um, what, as as you watch these next generations of parents, you know, trying to work their way through this new world with all the technology. And I'd love to know what your perspective is on that. You know, do you think that parenting has become harder or the role of the mom has become more challenging or because we have all these conveniences from your perspective, does it seem, does it seem maybe easier than what you had? 
Well, they say you've got to get down to basics. It, it's. I am happy that it has progressed up to now because children have more opportunity at jobs, at secondary education, and that's wonderful because way back we had grade 8 and what else? If your parents could afford to send you, well, in Canada we didn't have to pay for education, but in the old country my dad was an only child so his mother could afford. He went to school, he read so well and had the very nice handwriting and was very knowledgeable. My mother never went to school. They kept her at home to watch the smaller kids while they both went to work. So, But she learned. She learned because we had the, the German settlers kind of settled where the Ukrainians did. And the German women didn't know how to plaster a log building or to how to make clay or what. So my mother did all that for them and they paid her. Or she got a bag of flour or... A, 10-pound bag of sugar or whatever, and it worked for them. Of course. It must be very satisfying or gratifying to see even where your grandkids and great-grandkids, you know, the opportunities that they have now to really make a positive impact on this world. And do you, can you understand how, like, as the as the matriarch of our family that you have had a major like your thumbprint is on each and every one of our hearts do you under you understand that right yes i do i'm very very proud of you children that you all took your education seriously and made good use of it and have good jobs and and good lives because of it because you can afford to and it is a good world. It's a wonderful world. It, it, there was just more peace, more understanding between the nations. And uh, it would. it is still a good world. It's, like I say, if there was just this appreciation of each other and um, not forget that there's a higher power, that there's God that's still on the throne and he's still running the universe. You have to believe that because without that, we have nothing. That's right. Now, I have one more question for you before we wrap this episode. If you could, and if you could go back at any point in your life and change one thing, what, what would that one thing be? Or would you not change anything at all? I would get back to basics where a neighbor loved the neighbor, where the, the richer could help the less fortunate more more consciousness and, and feeling of uh, helping, not being, oh, as long as I'm okay, it doesn't matter, because it seems like a lot of this things going on in this world is very personal, and it shouldn't be. It should be very shared, and we should care about our fellow our neighbors and our fellow men because they are like we are. And you have to have faith because there is a God. God is still on the throne and runs his universe. And if without him we are nothing and we can be a peaceful world if everybody tried. And I pray each day that there would never be another war because it, it's frightening to watch the news and see what goes on. 
It, it is. It really, really is. You know, Baba, you have helped. I guess you've given me so much, just so much to think about when you take, you know, your life and its it, and its entirety and what what you've seen and and um, just the different the different economics, the different, you know, the wars, the diseases, the triumphs, all those things. Um, is it, It's it's amazing to think that one person has been able to experience that. And I hope our listeners today have taken away just one little gem of information. I think I am just going to live with a little more intention and, and take some of your advice, Baba. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I love you so much. It was a pleasure, Jana, because I have been there, seen that, and I have lived through it. And because of faith and perseverance, here I am still at 101. You have so much to offer this world. Thank you so much, Baba. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in to this episode, and we will catch you next time on the Just Jana podcast. Thank you so very much, Jana. To get in touch with Jana, go to leadpilates.com or for information about her online studio, head over to metadistrict.com. Recorded and produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Please give me love. Listen, it's what we're hoping for every day of our audience, our fans, our customers, that they listen to who we are, to what we are. But it only happens when your idea is delivered well, in a way that makes them feel the message. Using every audio resource available today, Sound Lounge by T-Bone takes the intention and captures it, enhances it, and presents it to your audience with power and purpose. Whether you're shooting a movie, recording a song, crafting a brand, or simply putting a story down for the future, consider T-Bone dedicated to the craft of audio engineering. He will deliver the attention your project deserves. Sound Lounge by T-Bone.